Welcome to 28 and Searching. I'm your host, Samantha, and today I have Jordan Butt on with me. Thanks for coming on my show, Jordan. Thanks for having me. All right, so tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you? How long have you been in your industry? Where are you located? That sort of thing. So I am 28 years old. Um, I'm located out in Renton, Washington. I'm a registered nurse. I work in the emergency department. I've been doing that for three and a half years now. Um, and that's uh, just in the emergency department so far. Cool. So if somebody were to ask you what it is you do and they'd never heard of, uh, you know, a nurse in an ER department, what would you tell them that your job is? So my job is kind of a lot of different things depending on where I'm scheduled to be that day. It can range from checking patients in and determining how um, how sick they are with their level of an emergency based on our, our triage system. Or it can be helping take care of the patient, starting IVs, um, doing wound dressing changes, um, anywhere from that to helping with resuscitations and doing CPR and basically following through any orders that the doctors have for us. Okay. And so would you say that um, being an ER nurse is different than just a nurse that somebody would meet when they go to their daily checkup? Yes, uh, it's quite a bit different. So we actually go through a 16-week specialized training to work in the emergency department, whereas uh, the regular nurses at the doctor's office do more of um, just kind of a different speci- specialty. They do more of uh, checking in patients, getting getting more of a history um and things like that, whereas in the emergency department, our goal is to stabilize and treat um, and make sure that they basically survive in their emergency. Okay. And so tell us a little bit about how you got there, because, that I mean, that's a pretty unique place. It's pretty hectic. That's kind of crazy. So how, how did you kind of move your way up to that, to choosing to become an ER nurse? So I had started as what's called a licensed practical nurse, which is a nurse that works under a registered nurse. Okay. Um, I had worked in a children's home uh, for medically fragile children for a couple uh, about three years. Uh, and when I had started into the LPN to RN bridge program, I had gotten my preceptorship, which is like an internship in the hospital that I'm working at in the emergency department. And I always knew that I wanted to do something fast paced. And it just so happened that I was lucky enough to get this preceptorship and I absolutely loved it and haven't left yet. Okay. So your internship was actually in the ER. So did you have the specialized training before or after your internship? So it's after. So the internship is part of the actual nursing school. And Mm. so you're working under another nurse and you're not licensed yet. Um, you're there just in a student capacity. Okay. So there's a lot of things that you can't do. It's, um, kind of a combination of doing hands-on and a lot of observation. And then, uh, once I graduated from nursing school and passed my, uh, licensure tests, mm-hmm. I was able to get a hired there. And that was when they put you through the training. Okay. So it sounds like there's a lot of schooling and training and licenses that go along with being a nurse in general, and then especially when you're going into ER. So can you, can you break down a little bit of what the, what the uh, degree steps might be, the certificate, the way to get specialized to go through this process? 
Yeah, there's actually several different ways. For me personally, I did my prerequisites at a community college and I was accepted into a practical nursing program. And after that, I had a certificate, a practical nurse certificate for training. I was able to take what's called the NCLEX for licensed practical nursing and got my license that way. And then I applied to a bridge program, which is just three more quarters at another community college. And after I graduated with my associate's degree in registered nursing, I was able to take the NCLEX again this time to become a registered nurse. Uh, the, there are other ways to do it as well. Um, you could go to a four-year university where you do the prerequisites there and then get into their program mm -hmm. or go straight from doing prerequisites into an associate degree registered nursing program. Okay. And so how long, uh, on the path that you took, how long did it take you to get to become a RN? It was about two years of prerequisites, a year for the practical nursing program, and then three more quarters for the registered nursing um the registered nursing degree. Okay. And and forgive me for my naivety, but um you know, I don't I don't know too much about this and some of my listeners not might either. Um so when you talk about practical nursing, what is that? What what do you, what does that position entail or what does it do? So the practical nurse isn't uh, there's not a whole lot of positions in the hospital for practical nurses. They do a lot of um, home care and home nursing. Okay. Um, and a lot of, they work a lot of nursing homes. But the main thing is, is that they have to work under a registered nurse because they don't have a degree. It's a certificate program. So you can do a lot of the similar things like you can do wound care, you can do um, give medications and you can give shots and things like that. But you can't do everything that a registered nurse does and you have to work under the supervision of a registered nurse. Okay. So is it almost like, um, you know, a shortcut per se to go into the practical nursing and then go to get your RN like you did the bridge program rather than going the full four years? I felt personally that it was a good way to get my foot in the door. Okay. So I was able to get in, get some experience, and get a job working as a nurse um, before I got my registered nursing. So it was able to give me that experience for when I graduated the registered nursing program. And it looked really great on applications and made me feel com more comfortable going into it after I graduated. Okay, so it's definitely a recommended way. It's not it's not the cheapskate way or, you know, it's not something that somebody would look. It's actually more beneficial because you're getting the experience that everybody's wanting as soon as you get out of school. I felt like it was very beneficial for me. Some other people might have a better time going through a four-year university. For me, going through a four-year university wasn't quite financially um, possible. Yeah. It was it was easier to go this route for me. And there's always those debates. I mean, a lot of when you go into um, people who can get licensures, they always have the argument about school versus um, experience. Uh, exactly. Yeah, but it's it's good to hear the other side as well because a lot of people may not think that, you know, there's any other way. But you're saying that there is, you can do this, and it, it is beneficial and it does work out. Yes, it does. And I know several other nurses that work in the emergency department with me that were practical nurses as well first okay. and then moved on. Okay. And so are, are there many, in your, in your opinion, are there many people that stay practical nurses or do most people move on to the RN program? 
In my experience, most of the people that I knew and went to school with have moved on to registered nursing or are in the process of moving on. Okay. And so if you, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that the, so these licensures and the certificates and these degrees, these are all required to be doing this, I'm assuming, right? Yes, they okay. are. <laughs> I'd hope so, you know, as somebody who has gone, you know, I would hope that people are trained, but exactly, you never know. Um, so there's no way for somebody to say, hey, I can stick a needle in anyone. I have experience and walk in. They actually have to do this no matter what. Yes, you have to do that. You have to prove that it's done and you have to maintain your licenses. So um, every year you have to do continuing education to stay up to date on the current practices and you have to make sure to renew your license every year. So it's quite a bit of work and it's all all has to be done before you can even step foot on the floor. Okay, so that's that's a continuing thing. So you have to continue to upkeep. So it's not done. Like once school's over, it's not over. No, that's one of the fun things about nursing is that you're always learning new things and you need to make sure that you're up to date on all the new current practices because the medical field's always changing. So in addition to the 16 weeks of training, we have to get certified in advanced cardiac life support and basic life support. And we do trauma nursing certificates. So you're continually learning and going to conferences and um, reading articles just to make sure that you know all the best practices and the best ways to help people. Yeah, because I would imagine that that would be important when somebody else's life is dependent on you knowing those things, right? Exactly, yes. Okay, and so if somebody was looking into becoming an ER nurse, if, if, if that's where they were like, I feel like this is what I want to do. What do you think would be a good starting point or entry-level job? Now, it doesn't mean that they have to already be, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to pertain to the hospital, but where could they gain some of those skills, even if, let's say, they don't have the certificate yet? I know that a lot of people that I work with um, started out as volunteers in hospitals, just getting their foot in the door and making sure that medicine and that type of environment is what they want to be around. Okay. Um, so I know our hospital does volunteers in the main hospital where you can go around and help comfort patients and take them from place to place. And then also we have volunteers in the emergency department who um, help stocking and stock the, stock the rooms and they're able to observe uh, certain cases as long as it's okay with the patient. So they're kind of getting their foot in the door and knowing that this is the type of thing that they want to do. This is the type of people that I want to work with. So it's a good entry level, no experience required way to get in as a volunteer. Well, and that might even be good for the atmosphere, right? Because a lot of people don't get the chance to step into an environment before they actually start a job. So by volunteering, they actually learn the hospital, right? Exactly. And especially the emergency department can be a very... Um, um, acquired taste sometimes because it can get very stressful and patients aren't exactly the happiest when they're coming in for an emergency <laughs> because this is not exactly where they expected their day to go. So I know that all, a lot of our volunteers, they absolutely love it, but there are some who come in 
see it and say, this isn't for me and then go volunteer somewhere else. Okay. And so when, uh, if somebody were to look, look to volunteer, I, I had read about volunteer and some hospitals, actually, it's a pretty lengthy process to volunteer. Is it a, is it an over flooded like opportunity or do they accept quite a few people? Um, I think it just depends on the hospital. I know our hospital, um, the volunteers in our emergency department is a fairly new group. Uh, one of our um, registered nurses actually started it within the past year. So we're still getting new people and they're only required to do, I believe, four hours a week. Okay. So it's not super time consuming. And since it's only four hours a week, a lot of them are doing it here and there. So there is quite a bit of room for new volunteers. However, at other hospitals, I'm not sure they might be over flooded with um, volunteers, but it's definitely something that I would recommend looking into if you wanted to be a nurse, not even just in the emergency department, but a nurse in general or a tech, uh, emergency tech or a nurse's assistant, anything in the hospital, you, you'd want to make sure that you, you want to do this work because it does take a lot of effort to get into it. Sure. And so um, in your experience or opinion, if somebody wanted to volunteer, would they? is it like something that's readily available on a website or is it something that they Google search or actually go to the hospital? What's the best way for people to look for those opportunities? Um, I know that you can find opportunities on hospital websites um, or even just calling the Human Resource Center of a hospital is always a good place to check. Um, most places, the Human Resource Department is invaluable and they're able to point you in the right direction. Okay. And so if we're talking about being an ER nurse specifically, what type of personality traits best work in that environment? Um, well, you'd have to be very detail-oriented and able to work on stressful conditions. Mm -hmm. It can be pretty overwhelming at times, so you need to be able to deal with that stress and overcome it and still focus on the task at hand. And then the ability to multitask is very important because when these patients come in, it's not like when they go up to the floor and they're admitted to the hospital, they come in and you're starting everything from scratch. So mm -hmm. you're listening to what happened to them while you're starting IVs and you're getting everything ready. So you're pretty much always doing multiple things at once, even if you're just assessing the patient from across the room while you're talking to them, it, it can be pretty overwhelming. So I would say that's the number one thing that you need to have. Okay. And what would be the one thing about your personality that has really suited your position? I'd like to say very determined, I would say, um, in the sense that I'm determined to get things done. I like to work at a fast pace and make sure that everything's done and done quickly and done right. And I feel like that's helped me a lot since I've gotten this job. Okay. And so if we flip that, if we're talking about, um, you know, what type of people should not be in this position, what is the one trait that if somebody has, you just say, this is not for you? Hmm. I would probably say it's somebody who wants to go to work and, and just get through the day. I don't know if that's, I don't know the name of that trait, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but going to work and just kind of doing the bare minimum and then going home because in the emergency department, you kind of have to be ready for everything and you have to anticipate what's going to happen. You have to anticipate what the doctor's going to order. And if you're just going in to just get a job done, like to 
punch a clock and go home, it's not quite the job for you. So if you're not passionate and all you want is a paycheck, this isn't going to be where you want to be. Exactly. Okay. And if we're talking about you, what would be the one personality trait that you've kind of struggled with where you either had to change yourself or kind of change the job to really make it work out for you? Um, I've had a really hard time when patients are yelling at me. It was, it was a hard thing to get used to because I went into the emergency department wanting to save lives and wanting to help people as much as I could and then to show up and have them yell at me mm-hmm. for something that's out of my control. It was, it was hard for me to, to acknowledge that it's not me that they're yelling at, it's the situation and to overcome that and still say, I'm sorry, let's see what I can do to make it better without getting upset like I was personally attacked. I think that was my biggest challenge when I first started. Yeah, I mean, I could absolutely. So it's really hard not to take things personally, especially when you're trying to help. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. But it it is something that you've kind of developed, right? So you're kind of hardening that shell so that you're still empathetic, but you're not taking it to heart. Yeah, it's it's a way of stepping back and realizing that they're not mad at you and and you can still help them and you can still be empathetic and and make them feel better without taking the bad names and the the assaults and everything like that to heart. Sure. Okay, so and what so We've talked about kind of the your kind of steps through becoming the ERRN. Um, what is the ladder? Is there a way that you can move up or move laterally from where you're at now? What's kind of the the growth within your industry? So there's actually quite a bit of options for us. Um, working in the emergency department, you can uh, go up towards a management uh, style where you do less patient care and you do more of an educational purpose or managing the entire ER, scheduling, things like that. We also have a trauma coordinator, which one of our nurses just um, got promoted into that position, where they monitor all of our trauma cases and make sure that the times are correct and that we're getting things done properly. They're also searching into new ways to make things better and make things easier and basically get the best care to our patients. So there's steps to go up that way. And then there's also different positions that out of the emergency department that you can use your experiences before. For example, you can take experience from the emergency department and go into uh, transporting critical patients as in like an ambulance or eventually even a flight nurse, which flight nurse requires a little bit more than just ER experience, but it's a stepping stone towards that. Sure. So there's, there's other areas in the nursing and medical field that you can go into with this experience, which is one of the reasons why nursing is so great, because even if you find that maybe the emergency department's not for you, there's so many other different nursing jobs available where you can kind of find your niche and what you like best. Okay. And so if you're, you know, I, I know that they're the same industry, but for lack of a better word, when you go into different apartment uh, departments, right? So different industries within healthcare as being an RN nurse, like, 
you know, ER or the nurse at the doctor's office or the nurse on the flight, are they, do they differ? I mean, are they, are they going to be drastically um, different jobs? Um, They can be, depending on what you do. Flight nursing is pretty similar to the emergency department, except for the main difference is that you're stabilizing and transporting, whereas the emergency department, you're stabilizing and then they're getting admitted to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, But like up on the floor where they're just admitted patients, it's a little bit different of a pace. The emergency department's very fast paced and making sure things are done, whereas the floor is more about daily care, daily medications, and um, helping the patients recover after their emergency. So it's a little bit different, but still kind of the same core nursing skills. Mm -hmm. And then you have, on the other hand, working in a doctor's office where you're not seeing as many sick patients, you're seeing a mixture of um, sick, um, sick patients and colds and flus and things like that. And you're seeing the well patients as well for checkups. Okay. And so, I mean, just from, just from my lack of experience and just listening to you, I, it sounds like almost it's, it's a different personality. So like in the ER, the, the point is to make it like, make them better so that they can, you know, not better, but, you know, fix the immediate problem and less of like bedside manner rather than where you're, you know, in like a, nursing home you're you're basically just trying to be friendly you know what I is that making sense yeah. what I'm saying is, I, I know what you're saying yeah it's the emergency department definitely has a different mindset whereas like you're saying in the nursing home you're getting to know these patients you're developing a relationship with them and a, and and you're seeing these same people every day whereas the emergency department there's such a quick turnover I mean, you're seeing the the percentage of of you seeing patients is just exponentially more. You're not really you don't really have time to sit down and get to know their life story. I mean, you're you're getting down to the point where you get to know what happened to them and what their emergency is. But other than that, there's not a whole lot of time to sit down and and do that. You're you're mostly worried about the medical problems and and making sure that they're stabilized and they're they're getting better. Sure. And does that ever affect your mindset? I uh, I think that it could. I I would say that it, it's hard sometimes to to slow down and and take a minute, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, when you're so focused on there's so many different things, especially when with a really critical patient. Um, but typically the way it happens, cause we do kind of get a mixture. What happens is when we have a critical patient, we spend all this time getting them stabilized. And once they're stabilized or stable enough, we take the time to kind of have a, a debrief of what's going on. Let the patient know, okay, this is what we've done. This is how we stabilized you. And this is our plan for the future. So we're still working at a fast pace. But sometimes the patient can be too critical for us to sit down and do that before everything's going on. Sure. So it's more of a rush, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I could see the mindset shift, right? Because, I mean, even though it's all all nursing is helping people, in your specific area, it's very much, you know, life and death most of the time, right? So it's 
this sense of urgency that maybe others wouldn't necessarily have. Exactly. Okay. And so what would you say that some of the drawbacks are to to your career choice? Um, it's definitely not for everyone. We do have a lot of uh, violence against emergency room uh, nurses and physicians. It can be a very we see a very aggressive populations. A lot of the time people who are upset by wait times, people who are brought in from the police or by the, um, from the jails, we get patients who are homicidal and suicidal. So unfortunately we have a lot of assaults that happen in the emergency department, um, mostly verbal assaults, but there are physical assaults. We've had death threats against nurses and doctors and, um, se- our unit secretaries. So, it can be a difficult place to work um, and it can be scary at times. So it's something that you have to kind of go in knowing that this is going to happen and protect yourself as well as you can. Sure. Has, has that ever happened? Have you ever been hurt by a patient? Yes, I have. Okay. Okay. Uh, I did not realize that that was something that would be, um, that would affect an ER nurse quite honestly. Um, a lot of my listeners have wanted me to interview somebody um, in your in your position, and that was one of the questions that I had been asked to bring up with you if you have been hurt by a patient before, and I didn't realize that was a, a growing concern. Unfortunately, it, it happens. We get a lot of patients. In my personal experience, I've been assaulted twice. Um, the one I was, I was spit on. It was a patient who was brought in involuntarily for a mental health issue. Mm. Um, and the patient had been getting increasingly aggressive and ended up being restrained for the patient safety and the staff safety. And while I was performing patient care, uh, he spit on me. So kind of the lesser of the assaults, but still not something that you would ever want to happen. No. (laughs) And then um, another time I was in with another patient who was brought in involuntarily by the police um, for being a danger to themselves and others. And the patient got extremely aggressive and ended up pushing me against the wall. When we were restraining them, they ended up scratching my arms. And so that was a little bit more physically intensive, but still, thankfully I wasn't hurt too, too badly. And then one other time I had to call the police because a patient had threatened to kill me personally. Oh my goodness. Which is why, um, when working in the emergency department, none of our name tags have our last names on them. So it's just first names. We're not allowed to tell them our last names. So it's more of a safety issue. So yeah. But basically, you kind of follow through. You let the police know. They make a record of it. And so if anything were to happen, God forbid, um, they can at least take some action about it. Sure. Okay. So that that's definitely, I mean, that's definitely a drawback. That's something that if somebody doesn't have an iron will, um, probably not going to work out for them. They, they want to, if you're a scaredy cat like me, you definitely <laughs> don't want to be going into those situations, right? Yes. I mean, thankfully, uh, we have a really good group of people that I work with that we're all in it and we know to protect each other. Our hospital also provides um, a, a training where we basically, it's a crisis prevention training. So we're able, if we were into a situation where we were getting assaulted by a patient, we have ways to get out of it without hurting the patient as well. 
Because a lot of the times that we get assaulted, it can be a patient who doesn't know why they're doing it. It could be a little old lady with Alzheimer's and doesn't know what's going on. And it's not her fault that she's doing that. We don't want to hurt her. However, we still need to protect ourselves. And then on the other hand, we do have people who just are plain upset. And sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. Sure. So, but they do have trainings that are going to kind of prep you. So even if, even if somebody hears this and they're still like, well, I really want to do this. They do have that backup of knowing that the industry understands that this is an issue and they're providing as much security as they can with it. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely something that's well known. I mean, you can Google instances of, and articles of nurses being assaulted and, the hospital really does try to protect you. They don't want you to get hurt. They do training for you to make sure that you're safe. We have security on standby. They have, um, we have codes where we, it's a code gray or a code silver that we know what to do and when to come and help people. So you're never really alone. Okay. Okay. That's, that's reassuring for sure. Um, so while we're talking about some of the drawbacks, I want to ask you just a couple of the questions that I got asked um, by my listeners. So one of those questions was, what does the burnout rate look like for ER nurses? Um, I mean, it depends on the person. I, we have a nurse who's actually been working there longer than I've been alive. She's <laughs> been in the emergency department the entire time. She just loved it so much. Um, I've had, I had a nurse that I went through residency, which is that 16 week training. And she quit as soon as the training was over. She decided it wasn't for her and she just couldn't do it. Um, I've had nurses that stayed for a couple years and just decided that they wanted something a little bit, most of the time is a little bit more of a nice environment to work in because we do see quite a bit of, um, patients who are upset unfortunately sure we do our best to to please them and make sure that their visits a pleasant one but unfortunately this is not something not a place where they want to be to begin with and if anything were to go wrong like a long wait time or anything like that they tend to get more upset okay and so do you the the people that are there the healthcare providers that are there do they do you guys tend to work well together like other er nurses and doctors and um you know whatever administrative staff do you guys work do you guys mesh pretty well yeah i mean the the hospital that i work at we have such a a good group of people working together and we have the doctors that we work with are so easy to get along with and easy to approach if you need to. Um, the nurses are all in a teamwork mentality. So if you're struggling with a sick patient or you're struggling with an aggressive patient, there's always somebody who will have your back and help you out, which is just wonderful. And I think that's one of my favorite parts of the emergency department is the people that I work with and the sense of like, teamwork and um, camaraderie that you get working together. Okay. And so I know you talked about the assault. So this next question might seem a little silly at this point, but what has been the worst day of your career so far? Um, man, that's hard. I mean, I feel like there's been pa- there's been days that are hard and patients that are difficult, but it's kind of hard to pinpoint a single day that was the worst day. Um, I know 
one of my saddest days, we had a a patient who came in. They were, I believe, 15 months old, and they had um, gone into cardiac arrest. And we did a code, a resuscitation on them, and we worked on them for quite a long time. I think uh, the running time was about an hour and a half. And um, I had been in there the entire time with a, a whole team of nurses and doctors and respiratory therapists, pretty much. I mean, there was probably about 15 people working on this kid. And unfortunately, it, was, it wasn't something that the kid could come back from. And I, I remember telling, um, being in the room, still working on the kid when the doctor told the parents that there was nothing more that we could do. And that is one thing that has always stuck out in my mind. And it's something that going into nursing, you, you never want to happen. You, you know, in the back of your mind that patients are going to die and, and you have to be able to cope with it and help other family members through it. But it's still something that hits close to home. I mean, having children of my own, I couldn't imagine ha- having that happen to me. So that has definitely been one day that I'll probably remember forever. Is it something that you have to learn how to almost discard guilt? Because it's not anybody's fault right but I would assume that it almost feels like it is yeah it's it's definitely something that's hard to cope with and you you get into the mentality that you did everything that you could Mm -hmm. I mean because we really do exhaust all other possibilities before we even discuss calling it if that makes sense yeah so you you know in your heart that you you and the doctors and all the staff have have done everything possible to make sure that this patient has their best chance. But unfortunately, sometimes that's not enough. So that definitely helps. And having your your staff and, and your coworkers just being able to talk to them and they're, have them knowing exactly how you feel helps tremendously as well. Sure. So it's a good support system for days like that. Yes, exactly. Okay. So let's let's flip it. Let's bring it back up a couple of notches. What's the best day of your career? Um, well, I know one of my favorite moments was I was I happened to be walking past another patient's room when um, there was two emergency room techs in the room undressing a patient and they'd taken off his shirt and all of a sudden his eyes rolled back in his head. I ran into the room. He didn't have a pulse. I was the first person to start CPR and call for help. And just knowing that we started CPR immediately, we were able to get a pulse back. And then I found out a couple weeks later that he was doing really well and getting discharged from the hospital. And it was, it feels so good knowing that I just happened to be passing by and I helped save his life. And now he's going home to his family doing really well. So that was probably my best and favorite day. Yeah, definitely. I mean, anytime you get to experience the hero complex, right? I mean, that's the the point, right? Is to be (laughs) able to save people. Yeah. Okay. And so if we're talking, we talked about some of the drawbacks, what are the benefits to nursing or being an ER nurse? 
Um, I love having the fast turnaround and I love that no day is the same. So I'm seeing patients from a wide range of medical complaints. I can see somebody who's come in for a cold that just won't go away or a cough that just won't go away to a patient who had a cardiac arrest in the field and we're still doing CPR. So every day is different and every patient's story is different. And with the fast turnaround, I get to meet so many new people and get to know so many new people and know that I was there to help them on their bad day and make it just a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. And so what what is the what is the market for ER nurses look like? The job market? Like is is it easy to get a job in ER nursing? Is it is it uh super competitive? What what does it kind of look like? Well, it's definitely very competitive. When I got hired, I know there was probably I think 250 applicants just for that round of okay. five open positions. Wow. Um, those were actually just the ones that got interviews. I don't know if there were, I'm sure there was a ton more applicants as well. Um, however, I know that, I mean, we've been short staffed for quite a while. Unfortunately, there's, um, for budgetary reasons, we haven't been able to hire anybody else yet, mm-hmm. but we're always expanding because we're seeing more and more patients each year. Um, it's been growing exponentially each year, unfortunately, but there's definitely a need for ER nurses. You just kind of have to find the right hospital for you and the right hospital that's hiring. Okay. And so you talked about budgetary. So is this is this a job that you can make a livable wage in or is it, you know, under market or over market? I definitely you, uh, you can make a living off of this. I mean, nurses, um, I would say we probably get underpaid for what we do. However, um, we do make good money for what we're doing right now. Okay. Okay. That, yeah, that's fair. Um, cause I know that, you know, a lot of times people talk about going to school and whether the cost is worth it. Would you say that the offset of your schooling versus your salary is worth the education? I would say so. And there's, I mean, there's pretty much always opportunities to work overtime. I personally am part-time right now. Um, and that works good for me, but whenever I need extra hours and extra money, it seems like there's always, always open, open shifts to pick up and work more. Um, plus with a nursing degree, um, depending on where you want to work, you can work places that pay more than usual. Um, our hospital and the ER that I work at is pretty competitive in their pay. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe we we start off at $30 an hour, which isn't bad at all, and then go up from there. Okay. So, yeah, it's definitely something where, you know, it's not a, a master's that costs hundreds of thousands where you make 20000 a year. It's definitely equal to the cost of your schooling. Yes. Okay. So what would you say you love most about what you do? Um, I definitely love that feeling of saving people and making sure that you're making a difference. Um, I love that. And I absolutely love the people that I work with. They are absolutely amazing from the doctors to the techs. Everybody I've worked with has been so nice. And it's really kind of like a family feel with our coworkers, which is, is really nice. It's kind of hard to find a place to work like that these days. Yes, very true. <laughs> is there a singular moment when you knew that this was what you wanted to do? Um, well, I pretty much always wanted to be in the medical field. I remember when I was a kid, my brother 
had cut his head open, um, jumping, doing something stupid. And I remember going to the emergency room with him and he was getting his head stapled shut. And I just thought, this is the coolest thing ever. I want to do this. I want to be here. And going through school, I, I got to experience the different departments. You work a little bit with children, you work in the birth center, you kind of go all over to get a taste of what you want to do. The only place that you don't get to go is the emergency department until the internship portion of it. And so since I, I got to see all those other departments and I really didn't get much experience in the emergency department, I kind of thought, Oh, I could do labor and delivery. I could work with kids, but it wasn't until my internship that I knew this is where I want to work. This is what I want to do. And so when we're talking about schooling, um, because I know this is a little bit off topic, but when when you're going through that schooling, I've heard that it's just very rigorous. It's not it's it's very time consuming and brain consuming. And basically, you lose your life. Um, Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's um, you're reading. I mean, you can you're required to know the information of the entire body basically and what can go wrong. And the nursing programs, um, associate's degree programs, only six quarters for the most part. I mean, it varies depending on the school, but that's not a whole lot of time for you to cram all that knowledge in. So it's definitely a lot of studying. It takes up a lot of time and you have to be able to manage that time well And unfortunately, most of the time, your social life takes a hit during school. But, I mean, what kind of schooling doesn't require that, require a ton of attention and a ton of time if you want to do it properly? Have, in in the actual job portion of being an ER nurse, are, is the schedule crazy? Is it, I mean, you say you're part-time, is that, do they actually allow you to be part-time or you are always calling out overtime or how does that kind of work for that portion? So in the emergency department specifically, we have a wide range of different scheduling options. We have people who are full-time, who work um, 12-hour shifts, and and then we have part-time people like me who I work eight-hour shifts. So um, I end up working 24 hours one week and then 30 hours the next week, or excuse me, 32 hours the next week. So it rotates. So Unfortunately, you do have to work some holidays. You do have to work weekends. So it's kind of crazy in that portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you kind of learn to work your life around it. I work every other weekend. And if I have to work a holiday, I get holiday pay, which is great. Um, or I can try and find another coworker who will trade a day. So you kind of have a wide range of the hours that you want to work and the times you want to work. Most people, when they get Um, initially out of nursing school, they typically end up with a night shift position from like a 7 p.m. to a 7 a.m. position, things like that, because they are less desirable. The people who have been there longer usually want to go to day shift. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's night shift hours, there's evening hours, and there's day shift hours. So it's really kind of, I mean, it's obviously whatever you can get, but there's a lot of room for you to kind of move around to get what you want and what works for you. Okay. And so once you've kind of gained like a seniority almost, it'll be easier to get the more desirable positions. You just have to put in your time. Exactly. Yeah. I originally started off as a 10 hour, in a 10 hour full-time position. 
So I was working 5 p.m. to 1.30 a.m. I would work five days in a row. I would have one day off, and then I'd work three more, and then I'd have five days off. Um, it was kind of a hard schedule because you're basically working eight days in a row because that one day off you have in the middle, you can't really do anything except for catch up on sleep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then once I had worked that for a while, I got seniority and an evening shift became available. And so I started working in the evenings like a swing shift and I dropped down some hours because I was um, pregnant with my first daughter and it turned out it worked really well for me. It just took some time to get to that position. Okay. And so currently, do you have any expansion plans or any um, things you're working towards right now in your own career? Um, so my next step would be to go back to school and get my bachelor's degree. And then that way, um, if I ever decide to um, switch hospitals or go into flight nursing, um, I'll be able to have that extra schooling to be prepared for that. Okay, cool. So I just have a couple more questions. We've kind of gone through what it means to be an ER nurse. Um, so what did you want to be when you were a kid? I wanted to be a surgeon. I wanted to be like hands deep in the blood and guts. In that the was... gook, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you're not very far. You never know. No. That might be in your future. I know. I've I've definitely thought about going back to school and in getting a doctorate or something like that, which is something that you can do once you have your nurse's degree. The The most typical path would be to go um, towards a nurse practitioner and be get, get your doctorate that way. Um, and that's something that might happen in the future. It's just the next step for me is to get my bachelor's and move on up. Sure, absolutely. So what is the best piece of business advice that you've received? Um, I would say that's a hard question. Yeah, and it um, can be either about nursing or about business in general. Um, I would definitely say to just keep working because nursing school can be so overwhelming at times. And when I was in my practical nursing program, only half the class that I started with graduated because it was just it was so labor intensive and it's hard to keep up. But I just remember talking to my um, my advisor and they said, just keep working. You'll get through it. It's only a portion of your life and then it'll be over and then you're going to be where you want to be. So that was kind of the, the thing that kept me going all through nursing school. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's good uh, advice for anybody who's fighting through anything because basically nothing worth achieving, you know, doesn't it comes easy. Exactly. So what is one, what's something you would tell somebody who's currently feeling lacking in their career or in searching for what they want to do? I would say that it's never too late to, to switch over um, to medical field because I know there's a lot of people that I've met through schooling and in my previous jobs and now this job that didn't realize that they wanted to go into nursing until after they had done something else. And that's okay. I've, there's a lot of people who've gotten degrees in psychology or business or whatever else. And they decided later in life they wanted to be a nurse and they loved it. And so never give up on searching on some searching for something that you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jordan. Well, thank you for coming on my show. You're welcome. It was great. 
If you like this episode or you're looking to change your career, go to 28andsearching.com or become a patron to get exclusive content sent directly to you. See you next week.